You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. Okay, guys, welcome back to episode four of High and Wide with Derek Settlemeyer. I'm Jim here with Steve tonight from Full Circle. Guys, it's been, I don't know, a couple weeks, months since we last hung out. Steve, this is uh, our first time doing a show together, but how you guys feeling? Doing well, man. It feels like we, we haven't talked in a while, man. Did you break up with me or what? Like, uh, <laughs> I, Dude, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> Last time we spoke, we're uh, obviously it was still the playoffs were going on. So. Oh my God, has it been that long? September? It has. It has. Yeah. Wow. I, I forgot to mention one more guest tonight. We have Elvis joining us as well. What's up, Elvis? <laughs> He's gonna steal He's the show. Yeah, he is. We'll save the <laughs> trivia till the end for you, pal. So big news. I mean, a lot's happened since we've last talked, but I think the most exciting, at least for you and for us is that you started your own show Derek yeah we're in the um we just started a uh podcast uh myself and Riley Cote um a lot of fun we we shot our first episode last week um not really sure when it the it's gonna air but uh it was a lot of fun Scott Hartnell was our first guest and it just uh it it flowed really well I think it was fun. It was just like we were just sitting around having a beer talking. We weren't having a beer, but, it, uh, you know, we were just sitting there shooting the shit. And uh, it, it's a lot of laughs. And, and uh, it went by really quick, but it was fun. And whose idea was this to start this? Um, Honestly, uh, Riley and I, we like he's one of you guys know. He's one of my best buddies. And uh, we talk all the time. And um, we were just kind of like br- bringing it up. We, he was kind of talking about it. He had heard us um you and i and uh doing doing this uh show and he was like man it'd be pretty cool and then one thing led to another his agent was kind of talking to him and i guess he's done a few other podcasts for some other people like i said i don't know much about it uh how it all works like you guys do i'm i'm just a beginner here but uh they kind of got everything together and i opened up my garage door the other morning at like 7 30 and said hey to some guys that I had never met and next thing I know I came out and there was a studio in my shop so it was, <laughs> it was I just sat studio. down and just started kind of talking so it was it was fun though you guys had the works in there I think I saw off your Instagram I saw cameras and all kinds of fancy equipment I'm like damn these guys are professional now it left us in the dust yeah I don't know what any of it was I know there were four, <laughs> four different cameras and all kinds of stuff and oh, sorry guys and no, uh it's okay um yeah, it was. I was kind of shocked when I walked out after about an hour, because I I knew we weren't starting for a while, and I had some other stuff to do. And I walked out, and I saw all that stuff. I'm like, I might be getting a little nervous here. I don't, I don't know what's going <laughs> on. What, what do I, do I have to do? Something special here, or what? No, it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. What's the name of the show? It's uh, it's called Nasty Knuckles Podcast. Nice. And. Obviously, my nickname's Nasty, and uh, Riley used to throw the knuckles, so that's kind of where they came up with it. I can't take credit for any of that. Um, And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I think we're just shooting for uh, maybe more of the human side of hockey, uh, not so much X's and O's. Uh, I've never coached a game. I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot in 26 years of being in the game, but uh, it's more of the fun side of stuff, you know. 
And like I said, we, we had a blast doing the first episode. We have uh, Craig Berube coming on to the next one. Oh and he's, it might be tough to follow him because that <laughs> special. he's a special individual. So we're yeah, excited about it, though. Definitely looking forward to listening to those, man. Hartnell and Berube back to back. And then you and you and uh, Kote together. What a pair that is. A couple of yeah. beauties right there. I'm sure the stories are going to be flowing as, uh, as you guys get going, too. Yeah, I, it's funny. Even with even with you, Jimmy, like I sometimes I have to bite my tongue because <laughs> I really tell stories like when, and not just me, anyone that's really been in the game for so long. You just can't throw people under the bus. You know, like you've got great stories you like when we're sitting having a beer and you're you die laughing. But some things you, you know, aren't for everyone else to know. But uh, we had a pre- some pretty good stuff going on the other day. So it, it's awesome. It's all in good fun. Let me ask you, since that's a show where you actually, you know, because you're pretty much talking to your buddies, you, you've known these guys for years and years. Is that a show where you can kind of, you know, let loose a little bit and maybe drop some names? Because it's like, you know, you're talking to the guys that you lived it with. Right. Yeah. It's a little easier when they're there. Right. You know, as far as, you know, saying something that you don't think, you know, you would hope you don't say anything that upset anyone. But sure. Yeah. It's better when Hartsey drops some guys names instead yeah, of me. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, but we we weren't too bad, but there were a few things said. It was it was it was pretty good. Like you know, kept it in good taste, I would say, for the most part. That's awesome, man. Looking forward to that for sure. Nasty. Hopefully, uh, some more Hitchcock stories, because that last one, uh, the Shakira one, I, I was dying listening to that. I, I was at the gym, and I'm I'm pretty sure people thought I was losing my mind because I'm standing there laughing. You didn't my shaking your hips, did you? <laughs> no, thankfully. <laughs> But listen to that, man. That was wild. And and you yeah. captured Hitchcock's voice perfectly, too. Oh, man. I'll tell you. I swear I know already. You, you guys know it. But if you could have seen it, it was just <laughs> – I was almost in shock just watching Hitch. It was great. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I thought it was great. I just couldn't – I wished I would have videoed it somehow, you know. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was funny. It was a lot of fun. I, I totally forgot about that story. That's too funny, <laughs> man. Uh, so let's switch gears a little bit. So – there should be hockey right now, you know, but unfortunately there's a pandemic going on. Things are a little bit different this year. Uh, the beginning of last season was a little bit different as well. So, I mean, for you and for the team, you guys started out in Prague last year. Can yeah. you kind of take us through that experience a little bit? Because that's yeah. different. Yeah, it was uh, – that would, was my first time doing that in the NHL. You know, all the teams all the teams that have done it previous, um, I used to, I was like, gosh, I hope we don't have to do this. But then it was great. Like we went to Switzerland. It was just, I mean, it was beautiful. And Czech uh, was obviously, it was great too. And I had a blast. Maybe a little too much fun some night. <laughs> Everyone I, I saw there. some of your snaps from last year, yeah. man. It looked it like was, a time. You know what's funny is you said that is over the last couple of weeks, you know, your memories come up. And yeah. I'm like, God, man, you know, hockey just finished, which is odd. And then, we're in training camp looking a year ago and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is strange. Like you just said, it's really weird. But that trip was, was amazing. It was a lot of work, but it was, it was so much fun. I had never been to either place either. I've been quite a few places with hockey. I've been fortunate. Uh, But we had, we had a blast. It was awesome. It was great team building. And you know, what's even better is you win the game. So that flight is not nearly as tough as probably Chicago. Even it's one game, but still, it sucks to go that far and to lose. Oh yeah. And the boys played really well. We had a tough game in Switzerland though. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> that one didn't yeah, go. But what was the vibe like after that? Because I'll tell you what, over here it was like, holy shit, they're gonna yeah, go 082 well, this year. Yeah, right. You you win the first game, everybody. Hey, they're the yeah. best team in the league. We're one and <laughs> It was like that a couple of years ago when we started in Vegas and we just mopped them up. I don't know if you remember a couple yeah. years before that we went in there like we it was I think it was the year after they went to the finals. And we polished them off pretty good that night. And I remember everyone like messaged me, you guys are going to win the cup. I'm like, we have 81 games left, boys, like settle down here. But but yeah, it was a great it was a great feeling winning that game. Um, And I know we've talked about it before. You could just even that early, even when the training camp wasn't the best as far as the preseason games, you could tell this that team that they just had this year like you could just feel something a little different than from the years before not that they weren't tight the years before but something special you could kind of feel it um and it's a shame the year got uh, it's a shame this whole year for everyone but as far as the hockey season goes as well it's it's a shame that it got stopped like it did because they were the best team in hockey i mean i i think that's my opinion but did uh did you get to see any a different side of jake being in his hometown or was he kind of just the, the normal Jake. Yeah, normal, normal <laughs> times, but that's normal Jake. But it was cool. Uh, he's literally, he's like over there. He's, I don't want to get too crazy, but he's like almost like Steph Curry or LeBron here. Oh my God. Everywhere we went, like there's literally paparazzi. Wow. Like people trying to get pictures of him. And he's great with it. He's great about it. But I mean, I I can't imagine like in his well, he's told me in the past, like in the summer, it's tough for him to do stuff. You know, he's the captain of the the, the world championship team, and like he's just obviously a big big name. Um, but it was crazy that part of it, seeing people kind of like flock to him and take trying to take pictures of him and literally paparazzi. Like you know, it, it was it's kind of crazy. You don't see that around here, you know, as far yeah, as paparazzi goes. But uh, yeah, he yeah, he was great. What a host! Like honestly, he was he was awesome. He knew everywhere we went, you know, just kind of come on in. You're with you know, it was Jake and and uh, we got to go to a soccer game. Yogs came. I sat with Yager at the soccer game. That was cool. That's um, I mean, we just we had a blast. It was it was so much fun. And winning the game, like I said, made it even better. So it was great. Yeah, that was a hell of a game too, man. Yeah, that was a great game. Uh, so we were lucky enough. Before the season started to have Carson Torinsky and Connor Bonneman join us for a couple pod episodes. And, you know, coincidentally enough, they end up making the roster. And I think Torinsky, if I'm remembering right, found out, uh, was it in Europe that he was going to be playing in the game? How did yeah. how did that work? Cause I think I saw this. Didn't they do like uh, they, they did like uh, they filmed the preseason or something for the Flyers last year? Yes. What was that? It was that show, uh, gosh. I can't uh, remember the uh, name either. Inside the Glass, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, glass, I think that's like that. it. yeah, they were following us around. Um, and, yeah, he. so his parents came over. Yeah, that's it. It was awesome. And uh, yeah. we, when we were in Switzerland, I actually have a video of it. I don't know why it happened, but you guys saw the helmet that the player of the game got? Yeah. The mm-hmm. silver one? And I put a few things on it, but um, – we got that helmet from the ceiling in Switzerland. It was hanging in a bar. In a sport bar. We had a we had a night in this one bar. And, and he stole the helmet. And it was Coots. 
reach up, pulled it down, and uh, <laughs> it was – this is disgusting, but we all were pouring beer in it and drinking out of it. So we probably had corona. We didn't even know it. Like, not to make light of everything, but, you know, like right, right, we were right. drinking out of this old helmet. Like, and look, I'm watching the videos the next day, and I'm just like, what were we doing? <laughs> But anyway, so we were passing the helmet around. Everybody's, you know, drinking a little beer out of it. But I turn around and Carson's sitting on this little stage. They must have bands in there once in a while. And all the boys are just shaving his head. Because <laughs> he had hair. He had hair at camp. Right. I don't know if you guys remember. His hair was kind of long. And then uh, I just turned around and I think it was TK. I see Travis <laughs> taking the buzzers to him. I'm like, oh, my God. So all the boys went up and. Took a few swipes and I was like, "Oh, kid, <laughs> tomorrow I hope you're okay with this because you're gonna wake up." But so uh, yeah, it was he awesome. Decided to do himself because I think I remember seeing like, "Oh, he decided to shave his head." Like that's pretty badass. Like Travis Connecting just started shaving his head. I I don't know what led up to it, but I guess him being a rookie and someone said, "Oh, we used to shave the rookies' heads." And I'm kind of laughing because TK hadn't been in the league that long, and I see him <laughs> taking a swipe, you know, and. Uh, I mean, he wasn't the only one, but he I think he was the first guy I saw. I just I knew it went right down the middle of his head, too. I'm like, oh, we're not coming back. You got to do it now, you know. <laughs> so TK so, was the ringleader. I, I think, like I said, I I don't rem- <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but I just remember he was the first guy I saw. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool story. So when, we, when we were talking to Carson and even Connor were like, yeah, these guys will probably be with the Phantoms next year. But they, they came out in preseason, played their asses off. And I think they ended up, you know, playing on that fourth line, maybe even third line for a little bit. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. They're big. Uh, they're a couple big bodies, man. And, and they're great kids too. I mean, you, you won't just two of the nicest, uh, uh, T-bone talks a little more bunnies, uh, Bunny's like that the silent assassin man. He just sits there. He doesn't say much and you see this smile. He's got no teeth. He's so old school. You know? He's, they're both such good kids, though. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that was that was wild. He didn't he didn't do that on his own. It was done <laughs> to him. What, what was it like what was it like having the uh, cameras follow you guys around? Or did you kind of just not notice him after a little while? You know what's funny? Um it really wasn't bad because I knew the guys that had they had done it when we did uh, 24/7 with HBO. Okay. So and and well they weren't the same guys from that but two of the guys had like followed us around like we went to the finals and some playoff stuff and outdoor games so I knew them so it was really cool because they got to be with us and we knew them so it was never an issue like. You know, like the cameras are in the way it is now, guys, you guys know, like our, well, I say our, the flyers, like, and all the teams have uh, like social media guys. So there's always a camera. Now you're adding obviously a few and some guys are mic'd, but it, it was never a pain. And they all, they were great. Like always asking us beforehand, we st- how, are we in your way or where should we go? How should we do this? And they were great. They always listened to me. Like, you know, usually you just say, hey, man, do what you do because everybody knows you're here. So it wasn't like it was a pain. They were great. We we carried their stuff around. Well, we tried to help out as much as we could um, with that, and and it was it was never a problem. Put it that way. It was it was they're great guys too, and a lot of fun. I still I still talk to those guys, two of them. So they're they're really anyone, good. Anyone play any pranks on them while they were there? You know what? 
believe it or not, I should have. I usually do. <laughs> I think we were so, you know, being over there, I I was so concerned about having everything every day and making sure, like, we had an issue. We had an issue uh, in the arena in Czech the day we got there. It was it was like a sauna in the locker room, and oh. AV was losing his mind. And he came to me and he's like, "Nasty, we it's too hot. Like I can't, we can't even sit back here." And it was, it was awful. But I'm like, I can't fix the air condition in this building. <laughs> my best, and like we moved around a bunch of stuff and kind of put the coaches in this other area that was really a storage room, but for some reason it had cool air kicking through. And uh, that was like the the biggest pain probably of anything, but. Other than that, it was great. And the next day, it was fine. It wasn't a game day, thank God, because it was it was really hot in there. So here's something. Since we touched on AV a little bit there, so last year was his first year with the team, and you know, first official regular season game was in another country. And I'm kind of wondering, like, what kind of tone did he come in and set? Because uh, you know, he doesn't really, well, from a fan's perspective, he doesn't really know any of the players personally like that never coached these guys before except for Hayes what what was his energy like coming into the room was it everyone was like okay how's this guy going to be or you guys knew kind of ahead of time what to expect what kind of energy did he bring he brought a lot of energy a lot of positive energy and positive reinforcement you know and uh it was it was really cool um obviously they had signed Hazy. And, uh, you know, everybody had a, a high like expectation for the team, especially with him. Like he's part of that because he's he's a obviously everyone knows who he is. He's 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 done a lot in hockey. Uh, he was great. He was um, I, I loved working with him. He very organized, always, you know, came in in the mornings, told me what he needed. Never an issue, um, but very positive and, and a lot of energy. But also doesn't take any shit. Doesn't matter who it's from, you know. And I think the guys, he almost, he probably demands respect, but it's not like you're you're having anyone that's not going to give it because of who he is, you right. know. Um, I I loved working with him. He was he was awesome. And I you know it's funny when we signed him, uh, when the Flyers signed him, I should say. Sorry. Uh, I called around to places he had been just to say, hey, like, you know, what's his likes, what's his dislikes. And and my buddy and um, Pat O'Neill has been an equipment guy there forever. He's he's one of the best in the game. And he uh, he's like, nasty, don't worry about a thing. He's going to love you and you're going to love him. He goes, I know him. And I said, well, that's good to hear. But still, I want to make sure like, you know, (laughs) I want to make sure. And so, he, you know, I heard things from him and the Rangers just about little things he has and. Um, I wouldn't say he's high maintenance, but he's high maintenance. <laughs> uh, I'd tell him that too, uh, but he's awesome. He's a, he's an awesome guy. And, and like, to get back to your question, he was very positive and, but he demanded a lot and which he should. I mean, every coach should really, especially at this level. Um, he was great. Yeah. And, and from someone like, it's like my perspective where I don't get to be around the players and the, obviously the coaches and stuff like you do. I kind of got the – he's a people guy, first and foremost, I think. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to get what he wants out of people, and uh, he does it. And then I guess I wanted to compare 
I don't know if this is fair or not, him to Hackstall, because the impression that I got from Hackstall, and, and you can clear this up, was that he was a little bit more dry in his approach, where maybe he wasn't as much of a people guy as I could see Vigneault being. Uh, any thoughts to that? Yeah, like, so I love Dave Hackstall, man. Okay. It, it drove me nuts how, you know, he was perceived and, you know, like, the fan, well, you know. Well, this could be good because you could change some perspectives yeah. here because well, I, I mean, feel like he didn't really let a lot of people in Hackstall. Yeah, he didn't. And, you know, like, I, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but one of the things with him, Hack, was that he was pretty stoic on the bench. He didn't flip out. He didn't, he wasn't flailing. He, he did talk to the refs, but he, but it, when he got off that bench, you could see a different side of him in that locker room. But he, I think he feels like, you know, I, I don't want to speak for him, but just by knowing him as well as I do, you know, he wasn't going to show players up on the bench. He wasn't going to, he, there were times where he lost his, his head yeah. to the refs, which is, I mean, obviously it's going to happen, but. I just remember all people like, oh, he just stands there. I'm like, no, that's not all he's doing. But I get why people, you know, fans think because I know as a fan of other sports, I'm like, what's this guy doing? You know, like it, yes. it's just human nature. But Hack was very positive, spoke a lot like behind the doors. Like he's a really funny guy too. like super, yeah, super funny. Great to work with. Very organized. I mean, I can't say a bad word about the man. They are different with media uh and all that stuff like sure. you know av's different that way but hack was like i said you could ask you know the guy the players like claude like claude loved him claude loved him um it, all the guys did i as far as i know um i never really heard anyone say anything bad but uh he was great to talk to you sit there and talk to him forever like it was different though you know for what you would see but he yeah. was he was great, man. He's a really funny bastard, man. He was funny. He was a funny guy. Real dry, dry sense of humor, but like so funny. He'd say something in passing, and then you'd catch it, and you'd look back, and he'd just, <laughs> you know, have a smirk on his face and look at you, and I was just like, and his family was great. I, I can't say a bad word about that man. Yeah, it's good awesome. stuff there because I think, I mean, he catches a bad rap, I think, with fans in Philly, and he's, I guess you could say a little bit, I don't know if misunderstood is the right term, but. You know, being able to talk to someone like you who can, you know, kind of talk about Hack in a different light a little bit, maybe, you know, changes some minds and some opinions about Hackstall a little bit. So I think that's cool. Yeah, but, uh, as a fan, as a fan watching him, if you told me he was a funny guy, I never would believe you. No, um, I hear you. But like he, he just like you said, he was stoic on the bench. He didn't show a lot of emotion. So we see that side of him. And I, I think if the results were better with what he did, I think people wouldn't care. But given the way it kind of ended, it, it just, it, it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, but we only saw apparently one side of the guy. So it would have kind of been nice to see another side of him. Yeah. I, and you know what? I, I can't, I totally agree with you. Like I said, I was inside. So I see that it's not anyone's fault for feeling the way they feel, because like I say, with other sports, I'm probably like, what's this guy doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, that's just, human you know human nature is part of being a fan you can have your own opinion and i totally understand that um and like you said unfortunately the numbers weren't the best um unfortunately for him because like i said i, th I feel like he's a really good coach and a great guy and and it's a shame that it didn't work out but it didn't and he's doing well now 
in uh, Toronto, and I'm sure you know at some point he'll he may maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach again. I don't know, but he's uh, I totally understand where you guys are coming from with that because I know before we got him, we when he signed, I had met him, but I actually went online and was just like looking for stuff on him. I was actually the one day I was seeing what kind of gloves he wore, what if he was a right or left shot because I hadn't talked to him, and all the pictures were just like him like with this look on his face. I'm like, Jesus, this guy might be. <laughs> Like, I don't, is he going to be, is he like in a bad mood or something? And then I'm around him for two days and I'm, you know, he's just awesome. Like just a really thoughtful guy did a lot for this little rascal. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's a, it is a shame though. You're right though. And you know, not everyone gets to see that side. So I understand where there were people that didn't get him. It's, it's, it's easy. I can see how it would happen for sure. Let me ask you a tougher question here. And do you think he kind of was dealt a shitty hand? Not it's not purposely, but how he came in his first NHL head coaching job uh, in a market like Philadelphia, and Hextall's kind of going through this whole you know rebuilding phase. You know, because the the Flyers are trying to build up a prospect pipeline and you know adjusting to this whole uh, cap era and whatnot and trying to do things the right way. And, you know, Hackstall's just kind of got to wait it out as the coach here. And, you know, in Philly, I mean, they're not – Philly fans aren't going to turn on Ron Hackstall first. They're going to turn on the coach first, right? Yeah. Do you think that he was kind of dealt a shitty hand somewhat? Yeah, I have to agree with you there because because of the re- – you know. Yeah. You, you can't say they weren't in a rebuild or we weren't in a rebuild because we were and we I knew mean, it. Bunch of great guys on the roster, but yeah. look, let's face it, not the most skilled Flyers teams that we've seen in years right. past. And he, you know, and Hexy, you know, he made some moves um, to free up some space, although it was going to take a couple years. You know, he traded Scotty Hartnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of talked about that a little bit the other day, but, uh, and, you know, Braden Shen got traded. Um, it's worked out great for Shinner. But at, oh, the, yeah. time, at yeah. the time, like, you know, <laughs> I've always, whoever's been in charge when, when I was with the team, like I trust what they're doing. It's always not a popular move. Um, but to your question, yeah, I think hack got put in that position, which he knew, he knew he was getting that position, but I feel like I don't want to like compare basketball to hockey, but I feel like when Brett Brown came in to the Sixers, you know, he had to sit there for how long, like what were they with? 15 games maybe a year i I don't exactly i shouldn't say a number because i'm not sure but at least he got to hang on until you know like it was done he lost to the conference finals previous season obviously to toronto the eventual champions this year i think it wasn't very good showing and maybe that's why i lost but at least he got to hang around to when he got a pretty good group of players yeah you feel you know for hacks yeah you would hope that that would have happened for him but it, it didn't it just got so uh ugly there with you know with the media uh the one night i know everyone knows about when something was put out and it wasn't true it, it was it, it was it was kind of it was actually awful I, I i couldn't have felt worse for him uh he handled it great because we're all on the plane coming back from we just had a terrible trip can't remember if we're out west or if we're in western canada but uh now i can't even remember but we're coming back and I, we had Wi-Fi on the plane, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm watching, and then something popped up, and it 
was on Instagram, I think, and it said he had been let go. Uh, the Flyers had hired Quenville or something. Q, yeah, they hired Q. And I'm literally 10, well, I'm two seats back from him. And I'm looking, and all the coaches are huddling. And uh, the GM was sitting there, too, and they were talking about the next day and everything. He had no idea. Wow. And all the guys, some of the guys came up, and they're like, hey. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, they're talking about, like, tomorrow. Like, or, you know, the next day or whatever. And then one of the people that worked with the team kind of walked up and told them that, hey, look. Because they were working, you know, they weren't looking at their phones. And it was just, it was just bad. Uh, it just felt so bad for him, you know, because then it's almost like, now what do we do? I mean, I shouldn't say me, but, you know, the, the yeah. manager. And the next day, everything was the same until a little bit later in the morning before practice. And then I came down to my office and came in and just, he's smiling, gave me a hug. He said, well, bud, I'm, I'm out of here. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, come on. He's like, yeah. So it, it was a, it's tough. That's, that's you know, like I know like fans are happy, but that's a tough thing, you know, when you're friends with someone and you see him every day for four years, you know. It's a part of the game, though. It's it sucks, and but yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he kind of, unfortunately for him, maybe it was a little bit of a raw deal just because he didn't get to see it through. Yeah. Yeah, it, and in Brett Brown's case, because I kind of was thinking the same thing. That was like as open a rebuild as you could have in sports. Yeah. And I know the Flyers were certainly in a rebuild, but it wasn't maybe presented to the fans that way. So I think he definitely got the short end of the stick without the. Uh, maybe the acknowledgement from the front office, even though that's what they were doing. So it's unfortunate, but it's definitely a, a different side that uh, I didn't know. And I'm sure a lot of fans didn't know. So Steve actually wanted to bring up something about Provorov. A list came out the other day. So I don't know <laughs> if you saw this, but I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw it pop up. Uh, it, there was 25 names of uh, defensemen in the NHL. I said, who's going to be the best one next year? I'm scrolling through the list up and down. I'm like, is this actually 25? And Ivan Provorov's name was not listed in there. Um, I was beyond shocked by that. Uh, and I think he's a type of guy that we're going to see win in Norris. But do you think there's 25 better D-men in the NHL than Provorov? You're going to have to really prove it to me that there are because – No. Yeah. Uh, I don't at all. I mean, obviously, he's, a, he's like, you know, my son, my brother, whatever you want to call him. But – to me, it blows me away the lack of – I don't want to say publicity. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't He doesn't care. He just wants to win. He wants to play. Uh, guy wants to play 40 minutes a night. I mean, he probably could. He's, he's, an, absolute, he he's an absolute beast. But uh, that blew me away, and I did not know that until this morning. So I'm glad my dad told me. <laughs> he, he was losing it. He called me. He had to – <laughs> I was in a meeting and I called, he called me three times. I called him back. I'm like, what? You all right? He's like, they had this list. They had this list and Provy wasn't on the top 25 demon. I'm like, wait, slow down. I don't even know. So then I went and I looked and I saw it and I'm like, yeah, that shocks me. It, it really does. Like, he, like, did you just forget about him? Like how, I, I couldn't, I couldn't name 25 guys with a gun to my head that are better than pro off in the I, NHL. I couldn't either. And I don't know if it's, Maybe he kind of makes a game look easy because he kind of does. Yep. But when you're like, I was fortunate enough 
to really get to know him, but but watch him play every night. He does so many little things that pe- people just don't understand. And he he like I agree with you, um, Steve. I agree with you. I think he's gonna win a Norris one day. I mean, he, we're still talking. He's still a kid. Yep. You know, he's a young man, but he's got lots left in him, and I I can't even believe that he didn't make that list. Yeah, it was it was very surprised when I saw that. I had to go through it a couple of times just to make sure I was reading it right. But like, twenty five guys in the NHL, uh, I don't think so. No, me either. I'm I'm gonna agree with you there. <clears throat> PK Subban made the list somehow. <laughs> Great guy, but Great guy, like awesome guy. Like, I don't know if I'd put him in front of Provorov at this point in his career. I don't think he could now. And I love PK, but like, yeah. So. Do the guys pay attention to that kind of stuff? And then I have another question for you as well. Couture obviously won the Selkie, but I feel like he doesn't really get a lot of publicity either. As Even though he's one of the elite uh, defensive offensemen in the league, still doesn't really get the same publicity as guys like Bergeron or even O'Reilly. You know, and I'm, I'm wondering... Is it just their personality? Like, why is that? Do they not like the Flyers? What is it? You know, that's that's a great question. And I think Coots has a personality. He's a quiet guy. But it, it is kind of funny how, like, Steve, you were just saying about Proby, and then you bring up Coots. Like, Philadelphia's an A market. Yeah. Like, how are they, like, I mean, G gets a lot of talk, mm-hmm. um, you know, more so than anyone else. But. You're right about Coots as well. Like he's not a loud guy, but neither is O'Reilly, you mm-hmm. know, but I think you win one cup. That's okay. probably going to raise it yeah. a bit. Still, like you said, like Coots, you know, he wins a Selkie. Like he's, he's been putting up points the last, what, three years. Yeah. And one of the best defensive guys and he's got an edge and he shows up every single night to play. Um, I'm wondering what else he's got to do to kind of garner some of that respect. I mean, he's got to win a friggin' Stanley Cup, you know? Like yeah, it's, I think it's, he does. Wow. I think I think you would see a lot more um, of it, like maybe more. I don't want to say people don't respect Coots because I know the other teams do, but you're right about like the publicity or like kind of like have him in more commercials for the league. I don't know, but he's a pretty good player. <laughs> like, And I, I feel like, you know, they always say A markets, B markets. Like Philadelphia's an A market, and it's a hockey town. Yep. Whether people, I know, fo- I know, it's just a sports city in general, really, right. uh, especially when you're winning. But, but uh, Coots, like, I agree with you. Like, he doesn't get enough recognition. I really yeah. not that. No, and I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong here. This is just my assessment. Uh, is this team his? Going into next year, is this? Do you feel like, and this is not a slight against Drew, because I love Drew. I think he's a great player, good captain, but it, it almost feels like there's somewhat of a changing of the guard heading into next season. Is this Couturier's team? Ah man, is that uh, a tough question? Wait, wait to put him on the spot. Well, no, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I'm sure, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. Like, I still think. G has the room as far, you know, like, um, Coots is a big part of the room. He's in, you know, the leadership group, him, Jake, uh, Hazy, Niski was, um, 
I still think it's G's team. Coots is like elevated his game, but I would hate to say it's it's still not G's team. I, that's a tough question for me to, to ask, honestly. Like, I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think they care. If, okay. I don't think they look at it like that. Mm-hmm. They honestly, and G's always been that way. Like, I could go to G and be like, hey, what do you want to do? Uh, Tuesday we go here like like the practice rink. Are you okay riding in the bus if we dress to get you know things like just little things I would have to run by him once in a while just because the coaches would usually be like to see what the guys want to do just ask G and G would be like well I'm fine just but you know ask Coots and ask Jakey you know like he's always and and they always have I think that's why they have the leader group leadership group because those guys are always together and they always huddle um so I don't I don't think. I don't think uh, Coots is in his head going, this is my team, you know, and I don't even think G's going, this is my team. He's like, we're a team, you know, right. in the end, you know, I still think it's probably G. I'd hate to say talk for him or no, Coots, I, understand. I think the way they do things is, is uh, it kind of includes everyone. You sure. know what I mean? So it is a tough question. It's a good question though, because I know, I know what you're saying, you know, uh, you saw that whole thing in San Jose when they kind of took Joe Jumbo C. Like, that's a tough thing to do, man. Like, yeah, I don't know about all that. That's a little bit like, too much, yeah. Even even in Carolina, remember back when Roddy was a captain, they took it from him and gave it to uh-huh. Stalzy. Yep. I mean, why? Like, right. you have to do I, – I don't know, man. That, that Those things to me, and maybe, you know, maybe guys can handle that. I just – sometimes I – like, those situations, I, I remember Jumbo, like, how do you take it off that guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the funny thing is, the guys that can handle it are probably the ones you shouldn't even be stripping the sea of anyway. Like, it almost seems counterintuitive. Great point. So, exactly. like, Joe, Joe can handle it, but if he can handle it, then he should probably be your captain. If someone gets all flustered about it, then maybe they shouldn't be the captain. So, I think, I think it's one of those things where some guys just don't know how to read a room, especially right. in that case. Yeah, and and you know what? Now that just thinking back to the whole Roddy, uh, Rod Brendamore, he may have actually gone to the coaches and said, hey, listen, like, I'm on my way out. Let's, you know, he may have done that. Knowing Roddy, he probably did because that's just the way he is. And uh, but you're right about that. If if a guy if it if they did get flustered, maybe he shouldn't be. But I, I just think things like that, that would be I, I don't know. I just think that's a tough thing to do. To a guy, you know, G's been captain for a while now, and you know, some people, you know, I read stuff all the time. Like some people, are like, uh, you know, he should be the captain. Well, you got, you know, you don't see it. You don't see what he does in the room. Yeah, you're not you know, in the room. You don't know. And I, you know, G had a tough, tough time to play. Like he didn't. He doesn't care what people are saying. He cares about what he's doing, and it bothers him more than anyone. You know, that old cliche, he he hates losing more and he loves winning. That is G. Like, he doesn't – G could play 82 games and score two goals and they win. He doesn't give it. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I believe it. That's the truth. That's that's how he is. He doesn't care about personal things. He really doesn't. And, you know, but to take a C from someone, I think that's – you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not – would never be my call, but I'm just saying personally, I just – that kind of bugs me when people do that, but Same. again, 
I was a pigeon. I was an equipment guy. Like <laughs> no one asked me. I just have to sew it on, you know, <laughs> sew it on. You mentioned a name and I, I kind of forgot this when I was taking some notes. Were you surprised by uh, Niskanen retiring? Yeah, I was. Um, actually, a lot. Um, I heard about it way before it was announced, and I was shocked the day I was told. He's just such a competitor, man. Like, this guy, like, I, you know, I didn't pry and ask why. You know, I said, man, like, wow, okay. It, yeah. it shocked me. I, if anything, I thought he'd sign a couple more years. You know, I know Provy, him and Provy were just their chemistry was great right right away. I mean, they those two together and, and Niski's just such a he's a quiet guy, but he is he is a competitive MFer man. Like that guy was he was he he could be mean too. Like he don't he doesn't mess around the ice and, he, and I'll tell you one thing about him, no friends. Like the game's changed a little bit that way. Um that guy you play Washington, he's he's gonna he's gonna club you if he has to. I mean that's just that's just the way he is. And you know, I got I got to know him a little bit with Team USA stuff. Really quiet guy. It's funny. He's like that guy you you're texting and you text like this whole thing, hey bro, like your skates came, this, this and that. Um do you want me to ship him there or what do you what do you think? Do you wanna stay with this? Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> just replying, I'm like well, okay, what are you saying yep to? Like, yeah. I just, you know what I mean? And I, so I just picked the phone up, call him instead of text. I'm like, bro. He's like, he's like, yeah, sounds good. And I'm like, well, which part of it? Like, you know what I mean? Can read it? But yeah, I was shocked, man. I, I really was just because I hope, hopefully there was no like injury that we didn't, you know, that we don't know of or something that's that bad. I hope it's nothing like that. Or just maybe he's just sick of playing or his body maybe the uncertainty of next year with uh, uncertain start date. Are we going to start in January, maybe later? I wonder, I was wondering if that kind of played into it too. He, he's, he's got the Stanley cup and maybe he just kind of decided, I don't, I don't like the uncertainty. I'll just go out on my terms. Right. Yeah. That, that could be it too. And, but man, when you turn down almost six mil, yeah. six sheets, man, like I, I mean, that's six sheets, no matter which, which way you look at it. And like, I don't know, but you know, I, I was more shocked, not even the money side of it. Um, just, just because he's such a competitive guy and, uh, and he, lo- he loves the game and plays so hard, but you know, maybe later on I'll, I'll kind of pry a little bit, but I didn't want to do that, you know, to him, you know, just yeah. kind of respected what he said and was shocked. How did, how did that affect Provorov? Was, um, was he kind of like disappointed? Was he upset or did he understand and, you know, it's like another just thing that happens. Yeah, I think, um, well, he was shocked because I kind of mentioned it to him before he was told. And he was just like, we were playing golf and he was just like, no way, man. And I'm like, well, that's what was said to me. Maybe <laughs> busted chops or whatever. And then we're playing golf again because all this guy does now. Pro, he's going to go on the PGA, boys. I'm just telling him. I don't mean to get off subject, but he, this guy's played six weeks of golf. That's it. He's shooting 85. Wow, it's, it's it's a natural. Now it's pissing me off because I was beating him. <laughs> now he's like he's beating me. But anyway, um, he was shocked, and I think it, you know, it, you know, not upset like oh my god, I'm pissed off, but just upset because he really liked Niski and and they just they just had a chemistry like yeah. um, but you know he's like happy for Niski and uh, you know he's like well we'll see what happens you know. 
but it, it was I was shocked. I think a lot of people were like, yeah, we definitely were. I'll say, yeah. Uh, so here's a question for you. So I'm I don't know if these guys pay attention to what's being said, or I mean, they are what we're talking about, so I'm sure they know. But the big question mark right now is who's going to pair with Provorov for next season. Uh, is he the kind of guy where he's like, you know, pair me up with anybody, or he prefers to have someone like Niskanen? Well. And I'm asking you to speak for him, so that kind of sucks, I guess. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Look, I, I, I obviously I'm with him enough and talk to him enough, but uh, I think Provy's mentality is just he just wants to play. Coach tells someone he's playing with him, he's gonna make it work. You know, Provy's one of those players like he's so good, he makes it easy for his partner. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, um, you know, it's like playing with G. Like a few years ago, I, I would kid around, and be like, just I could at least get a goal if I played eight two games with G. I know I was <laughs> get an empty netter at some time, but like Proby, guys playing with guys like that, it makes the game easier. Like that's why like sometimes you'll see a kid get put on a line with two guys that are, you know, like experienced and are really good at just to to make it easier. But I think I think Proby just says, hey, let's whoever it is is who it is, and we'll make it work. You know. Yeah. But he's just he's chomping at the bit he, i don't know if you heard me when i was talking to him earlier but he's already in, into his two to three a day workouts like Jesus. he but yeah, he wants to get going and he doesn't care who he plays with this that's that's my that's my take from what he tells he's me a machine, man. yeah he is yeah. He's, a beast. he's a beast he's like drago yeah those russians just churn him out uh, russian bear Elvi <laughs> calls him all the time russian bear does he still have a beard or did he shave it? He he took it down way he took it way down. He I hate it. It, he Elvis like goofy <laughs> beard. I didn't like it. Uh he finally trimmed it down. He he looks pretty normal again. <laughs> oh. Why do you hate it, Elvis? It just doesn't look good. I like it better. He liked it. He liked the, the caveman beard. <laughs> yeah, he liked that. He can't, I said, you have, you're saving food? Like, you got food in it? You know? <laughs> we're eating lunch or dinner, and he's got stuff. I'm like, dude, you got to cut it. He's like, I oh, know, I'm going to cut it, I promise. I'm like, yeah, something. But anyway, <laughs> I think it looks better. But I'm going to ask you, uh, and, and, if, and dude, if, if you can't answer any of these, you know, just tell me or I can, you know, take it out of the episode. But Nolan Patrick's been a hot topic lately and i just want to because maybe there's misconception and you know potentially miss kind of like hack maybe he's at least for me nolan patrick is a little bit misunderstood there's a lot of um unknowns about him there's rumors flying around i won't get into the rumors but can you kind of tell us a little bit about him as a person what kind of kid he is well he's a great kid he's like we hit it off from the, the day he came in before he was even picked he came in uh early and walked through the place and uh like you know growing up he was kind of around the game a little bit uh with his uh uncle uh yeah his uncle Um, his dad played for a little while there too and his dad as well so he was kind of around the game he kind of he didn't i don't want to like he walked in like as a rookie and he's like okay this is big time but he wasn't overly shocked because he kind of grew up with it right um but he's a he's an awesome kid, man. Like he really is. Um, 
I felt bad for him last year because he was, you know, it's another, like, I don't, I can't get too much into it because sure. first of all, I'm not a medical person. Sure. So, but I can tell you what kind of person he is and how bad he wanted to play and how much he tried. And it just, you know, he just couldn't get past a few things uh, physically and it was driving him nuts. And it sucked to watch because he's a young kid. It's his third year, big year for him. Um, and it, it was tough to watch, you know, cause, cause I, you know, I love the kid and everybody does. And he just, you know, he just couldn't, he just couldn't get right, you know, like with the, the whole thing. So I talked to him a couple of weeks ago and he's feeling really good. So that's a great sign. Um, he's working out and everything. So I, I'm hoping and praying he comes back obviously ready to go and injury free, you know, symptom free. Uh, but he is a really good kid and he cares and, you know, it crushed him not being able to play. Like I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. There's just like, you know, stuff flying around like, like normal It's off season. People are bored, I guess. So I don't know if people are making stuff up, but you know, you start to connect dots and you're like, wait a second. Like I know a guy that I can actually ask this about and you know, that's you. And, so I, f- I figured I would just ask, you know, what kind of guy he is. And, so, you know, sometimes, you know, you mentioned that he grew up with uh, his dad and his uncle played in the NHL. So being in an NHL locker room was really nothing new for him. People will go out and say things like, well, he's not, not necessarily taking it for granted, but he's almost like he's expected to be where he is. And I don't know if it's his personality or – you know, if he's just being snarky, but it comes off like he knows he's supposed to be here and he's not going. I, am I making sense? Yeah, no, I know what you say. He come like he is. Um, I'm trying to sugarcoat it a little bit. I don't want to no, sound like I, an I, asshole. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Um, he he is. Uh, he's cocky. Like he's a, he's cocky, but he. He comes off that way to people, but he's actually a funny cocky. Like if you know him, like he kind of makes fun, like he makes fun of it of himself. Yeah. But like, you know, for me, with all the players, I always, I'm always pumping their tires. Like that was what I always did. And he would like in warm ups, I'd be like, he'd come over and he'd be like, "Nast, mitts are feeling good." And I, <laughs> like, I was like, "Let's see the middies. And he would just take the, you know, he'd start doing a stick how and shit. I'm like. I can't even keep up with what you're doing, man. You know, like, but he, he comes off that way because he is a little quiet. Um, he's, he's, he's on the quiet side till he gets to know you as one of those guys. You know what I okay. mean? Like once sure. you know him and he's, he's actually really funny. Like this has nothing to do with hockey, but big rock and roll guy, like old school music. So he fits in with Jake really well. Cause they're listening to eighties <laughs> like rock and, and stuff. But, um, I can see how he may come off a little arrogant or, or cocky. Yeah. But if you know him, you, you know it's almost like he's cool. just being funny. You know what I mean? But yeah. I understand how it could come off that way. And and I will tell you this, like, you know, I I was gone since the end of January, and he was not even around at that point. Well, actually, he was still around. I lied. He he was still around, but he was when it was really getting bad, and he was just so frustrated and upset, like. I don't even know if he talked to media once I wasn't there, but like he, it was hard. It was really hard for him because 
you know, things get said and, you know, he'd sit in my office every day because like, he was only so many things he could do we, just to shoot the shit. You know, and sometimes it was about how he was feeling and some days it was just like whatever, you know, just a cup of coffee and, and talking. But it was frustrating for him. And, you know, I felt really bad for him because I, I know he wants to play. He wants to play hockey. And um, as you know, like you said, like maybe people think maybe he takes it for granted. I don't think that's the case. I just meant. I, I maybe it comes off that way to people, but. I can tell you he doesn't like I don't think he does at all. And uh, it just was really tough on him this year because, I mean, he wanted to play high. I mean, he wanted to play. And yeah, it sucks, man. You're kidding. You, know, you missed the entire season. Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, you know, you feel great one day. You watch him out there and he's buzzing and you're like, finally, you know, good for him. And then the next day he can't go out there, you know, and it's got to be frustrating. Oh, yeah. and, I was going to say, I think that's that's what we we missed that frustration that he's showing on in the in the room and i think that's why so much gets blown out of proportion with him especially by the fans because it's like we see a guy it looks like he can go and then we don't see that the the other side of it where he's he's experiencing this stuff and he really is pissed off that he can't play we just see one side of it so it's uh, it's nice to get that other perspective yeah i i hear you man it's like i hate to keep saying it but it's like me with other sports you know, I have buddies like with the Sixers and the Eagles. So there's been players where I'm like, hey, dude, what's up with this guy? Because he comes off like this. And, you know, then you get. Yeah. But yeah. but people don't get that. And that's, you know, that's part of being a fan. So I totally I I see. I, I know where you're coming from. It's it's tough that way. And, and you know, I've gotten better. Well, I'm not doing it now, but like over the years, like I would read stuff and I would get so mad. It's like, you don't even know this guy. Like, you know, but it's just the way it is, you know, and it, as I got older, I'm like, man, you know, it is what it is, you know, but. Well, um, it's cool as a, sh- a show like this can somewhat help, you know, not only like me and Steve, but uh, people who listen, it can help them kind of understand and maybe relax a little bit and, you know, cut people some slack uh, as, as far as, as what's going on. Cause you can help us, you know, get to know these guys a little bit and maybe chill out or, you know, whatever it is. So it's really man. People don't chill. You know that. <laughs> no, people don't chill out. And it, man, but you know I, know what what I'm, I know what you mean, though. You know what I'm kind of afraid of with, with this kid is because you know how Philly is. Uh, and I, I don't like this. I'm not usually pessimistic. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, but I'm afraid that he's going to come back and he's not going to be able to play consistent. And you know how Philly is, man. They get frustrated quick. They turn on guys quick and then. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm most fear, fearful for because he's got a lot of people on his side right now. They want him to come back. They want him to be healthy. I just hope people don't turn on him once he comes back because I don't want people's expectation to go from here all the way up to here because he played in a game or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I just hope people don't turn on, on the kid like that. It's, uh, it's definitely like, you know, I'm not him, but. I feel like, you know, unfortunately, having to sit out all year, now you come back, there's, there's some pressure on him. Oh, you yeah. Know, even though it's like you said, like, it's Philadelphia. No one's going to be like, oh, well, give him a little bit of time here to get back in the swing. He had a year off. No, they're going to, yeah. you know. Produce, you know yeah. To be honest with you, he expects it out of himself. You know, sure. that's the thing about him is, like, I think that's – you guys, like, you guys probably know this, but, like, 
he's he was ranked the number one guy from the time he was 14, you know, even to the draft, yep. you know, um, and Nico ended up going and he's buddies with Nico. It's a funny thing. They're, they're, they're good buddies. Um, but, you know, that's it comes with it. Like you have to expect that. But that's a lot of pressure growing. Imagine being 14 years old and everyone's like, you're going to be the number one drafted four year, like number one pick. It's <laughs> a lot. I don't think I was number one in anything when I was. Yeah, me either. <laughs> you know, like, um, but that's what these guys make money for, too. You know, like it's part of the deal. Um, I know what he expects out of himself. And so I know he's I just hope he can stay healthy, comes back and gets to play and gets going, because I think he's a really good player. You know, like I'm not a I'm not a scout. I'm not a GM, but just pulling hard for him because he's such a good kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we all want him to first and foremost be healthy, and then, you know, second of all, be able to play for the Flyers again. Yeah. Uh, so we're coming towards the end here. Uh, I did want to ask you, what do you think of the Flyers' offseason so far? Not really that many moves. They added a guy on D in Gustafson, but other than that, it's been pretty. They lost a couple guys in Iskinen and Pitlick. You like this team heading into next season? Um, you know what's funny? It's crazy that I. This is almost embarrassing for me to say, but. I forgot about the free agent day. Like I, yeah. I, obviously it's not when it usually is. You didn't miss much, honestly. I know, I know, but I started getting text messages. I was in my shop. I was busy, which is a good thing. And uh, I started getting all these texts about all those goalies that were moving around. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, oh <laughs> god. So like, I missed like the whole day basically. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of shocked at they didn't get Thompson signed. I thought that'd be a guy they'd probably keep around. Um, and I don't know. I don't know Tom that well. I don't, I've met him a couple of times. I, I wasn't there when he came. Um, but obviously Niskanen, you can't, that just. It's tough to replace a guy like that, man. Um, so now you're kind of, it, it probably threw them in a spot because they don't, they don't, they're not planning that. So mm-hmm. now you got to go get a D. Maybe they were trying to do something else. Line A, I don't know. I have no idea what they were thinking, but that probably threw a wrench in their plans a little bit. Um, but Gustafson, I actually was asking Craig Berube about him. I, I don't really know much about him. You know, obviously I've seen him play. I've watched him play a few times, obviously for a few years, but I guess he's a pretty good player. I, I don't know, like what, where he fills in. I don't know if he plays a pro. Is, he's, is he a left or a right shot? I'm sorry. I don't even know. That's embarrassing for me to ask is he a right shot no he's left he's a lefty so i you know i don't know but uh again i'm not a i'm not a gm or a scout but uh i feel like maybe they got something up their sleeve you know it almost I, feels like they have to have something up their sleeve yeah. right I mean, pieces don't really fit right now yeah it's you know you you even pitter losing pitter like he's a pretty good fourth line player man at yeah. cheap pretty cheap you know for a guy he plays hard uh, he, he played his butt off. Yeah, he, he really does. He does that every day. Like he was, you know, he didn't say anything, never complains, just plays. Um, and like I said, Thompson, I was kind of surprised that they didn't get him locked up, but maybe they have something else in mind. Maybe, you know, Bunny or, or uh, T-Bone there, like we were talking about them earlier. Bunny plays more center. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, I think maybe – like I can't speak for them, but maybe you guys agree or disagree. But I think that whole Niskanen thing really probably turned what they were going to do 
uh, around. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine they were – obviously, they didn't think they'd need to replace him going into this whole thing leading up to the draft because it's a lot of work that people don't realize. what They're meeting and meeting and meeting leading up to this, and then they all come in for a week. And uh, obviously, that had to have thrown a little bit of a curveball at them and what they were going to do. I mean, again, I don't know. Pers- I, no one told sure, me that. Sure. Just, I'm just guessing after all the years of, of watching how they do. I know usually they have a game plan where they're going, uh, what they're going to do. Sometimes things fall into place and you didn't know they were going to. Um, but kind of shocked that they lost so much and didn't really gain anything unless, you know, maybe they expect these kids to come in there, which they do have some really good players, yeah. uh, I think. You know, that's my opinion on some of them. So. Have you ever say anything to you about uh, Patrick Line? <laughs> no. We, Hope we get that guy. We, well, he, we did say we did quickly say something on Sunday. We were we were golf and we, we his name came up, but it wasn't much. It wasn't anything like good. But we were just kind of talking about people out there and like see here anything because you know the all the players are agents talk to them. Hey, I'm hearing this, hearing that. So that's kind of cool to hear some of the rumors, but. Till they happen, you know. Yeah. I don't know. No breaking news here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't like I'm not I'm not in the I'm not in there anymore, so I don't I don't you know, I don't hear too much. But I guess the shitty part about that is, you know, if a guy like Line could come your way, you know, guys on your side are going the other way, so that kind of right. blows. Yeah, you know, like those are those are probably moves that are, you know, there's gonna be some pieces. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of a coin toss you know but who knows who knows what you know i heard the rumors like everyone else uh, even proby was was involved in one of them that they asked for proby oh Um, yeah 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 that's uh, insane i don't know how true that is but i don't think the flyers would do that i think you'd be crazy to do that but yeah yeah. ask him about that how do you feel about winnipeg ivan oh (laughs) he well it's funny because he's got it he he's trying to get home for a few weeks and I'm like, bro, you haven't been to Russia this time of year. We, like, you don't even know what to do. He just got back from Miami, so he oh, was yeah. down in Miami for a week. And we're playing golf the other day. It was like, well, he was like 55. It wasn't that bad. Maybe 60. He's got the sweatshirt on. I said, who are you, man? You got on to Miami for a week. You come back. You get all tanned up with your sweatshirt and everything. But, but he's going. He's going. Probably. Friday. Not Sunday. You weren't there Sunday. Anyway, he uh. He's going back, and I'm like, it's going to be freezing there. Yeah, yeah, that's no good. Yeah, man. It's Winnipeg's – I mean, they're a hot they, – it's great. Their game, like, their games are awesome. It's so loud in that building. You know, they only hold about 15 or 16 maybe because it's not the biggest arena, but it is loud, and they're cheering the whole time. It's a really cool atmosphere uh, yeah. to be – Looks like a cool place to play, but yeah. cold AF. So so cold. Yeah. So we're coming towards the end of the episode, man. I don't want to hold you over too long here. Why don't we wrap up your new podcast? Make sure you guys check it out. Nasty Knuckles. Yep. First episode, you, you guys. It's you and Riley Cote, and you had Scotty Hartnell on. Yep, that was our first episode. Um, I can't give you an exact date when it's uh going to be aired because they're editing doing all that because it's can't you know like mm-hmm. it's going to be a, sh- a video as well sure. uh, so i'll let you know uh when it does but I, I think we're shooting another one 
before the first one's put out, and that's going to be Craig Berube, and that's going to be a treat. He's yeah. an absolute beauty. He's a funny guy. <laughs> he's should, funny. I always tell – I've been telling Chief for years, like, he's one of the best storytellers. I mean, he's just awesome. And we always used to say to him, you should go, like, like in the summer, go through Canada to bars or places and have them set a microphone in front of him and you start telling stories because people would lose their mind. I mean, this guy's got – I've heard them all a hundred times, but I love I, he can tell me the same thing over and over. And we just laugh. God, he's funny. Just the way he tells it. and Some of the stuff he says, it's just so I was telling the other day, I'll tell you guys a quick one. Uh, we were talking about Yogs because Scotty had a huge year when he played with Yogs and, um, and G that year he had to 37 goals, I think. And uh hearts, he was kind of talking about Yogs and how like much he trained and, Scotty was having like one of those days where he might have been a little hungy bull and over, you know, <laughs> hung over a little bit. And uh, he was kind of floating through practice and Yogs grabbed him and pushed him into the boards and said, hey, I didn't come here to half around. I want to win. So you practice like you play. And Archie was like, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> and so we were laughing because I said, I'll never forget, like, Yarmir loved Chief. Like, I mean, they played against, obviously, they played against each other a lot. And there's so many Chief stories, but this one, yeah, he could say anything he wanted to Yogs. Actually, Chief could say anything he wants to anyone because everybody knows how he is and he just wants you to be better. But he would come back to the bench. Power plays going on. And you know how Yogs would be on the wall and he would be massaging the puck, holding on to it, looking around. You know, next thing you know, he's got a 10, 15 seconds or whatever. And uh, you know, what are you going to say? It's Jarmir Yager. Like the guy knows what he's doing, right? But he'd come back to the bench. And, you know, they'd score, they've changed, and he'd go, well, pff, way to go, Yogs. You helped them kill off another one. <laughs> like, it's like, you're their best penalty killer. He'd power them back and go, you're their best penalty killer, bud. And Yogs would just laugh, you know, like he would turn around and he goes, oh, yeah, Chief, you're on a lot of power plays. He goes, nope, but you're killing every one of ours. I know that. <laughs> just laugh at him. It was so funny. He, he would just, he would always, those two went at it, but in a good way, like, daily it was hilarious to see that's, that's great incredible. so you can we can expect to hear a lot of stories like that yeah that's awesome looking forward to that guys nasty knuckles once again make sure you guys look out for that uh anything else you want to put out there before we wrap up Derek? Uh, yeah if you uh, need anything hockey wise skates anything uh come on by settle skate sharpening um it's in Voorhees, uh my website and if you want to meet the president it's me <laughs> the president itself is uh, com. all right Thank president you. elvis uh yeah guys big news for us this week we teamed up with full press coverage nhl you can find our podcast on their site make sure you download their app you can find us there as well as long as with, with uh other great hockey coverage uh check out hwhockey.net for our stuff you can still find us there uh, we're now on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, all those other good podcast platforms. Anywhere you can find the podcast, you'll find us. I think that's it. Check you're out Full Circle with with Steve and Jack. Out, What's you're that? Up, man, I saw your numbers. <laughs> you're blowing up, brother. We're trying, man. We're doing good stuff over here. It's a lot of exciting stuff. It's awesome. Uh, we're having fun growing, you know. It's a, it's a cool thing. You know, we get to hang out with a guy like you, Derek, and obviously Steve. It's it's cool hanging out with you guys. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, Jack and Steve show full circle. We just put out another HW last night. Dan Silver hung out with 
uh, Jack, Kyle, and I. And more great content coming next week. So there's nothing else. Steve, it was also a pleasure hanging out with you, man, our first show together. It was well. I appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. It was uh, it was an honor getting to talk to you. I've seen you behind the bench for so long. So uh, it was real cool to get to, to meet you face to face. Oh, I appreciate it, Steve. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. Yep. Same. So we're going to wrap up, guys, and we'll be back next in a couple weeks. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.